0: Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Hello, Cosmos country. On this week's episode, I will discuss the latest Cosmos news and a crazy situation in Major League Soccer. The Cosmos have made two signings. The first one is defender Pedro Galveo. Galveo had this to say on the announcement. It's an honor to represent the New York Cosmos, and I'm very excited for this season. Attitude and enthusiasm play a big part in my life, and I can't express how excited I am to join the team. The mentality of the New York Cosmos is about winning, and so is mine. I'm here to help, and hopefully we can achieve our goals. Gavio has played in the North American Soccer League with FC Edmonton and most recently played with Pen FC in the USL. The next signing, or the second signing, is a striker, Joachim Graf. Jokin had this to say on signing with the boys in green. It's such a great feeling to be joining an iconic club like the Cosmos. It's a first-class organization and has a name that is recognized all over the world. I'm grateful to the people who have helped make this happen and for the belief the club has shown in me. I can't wait to get to New York, meet my teammates and my coaches, and get to work. Graf's professional career began in Germany before moving to Sweden, For three seasons, he moved back to the United States and scored 11 goals for the Rochester Rhinos in the United Soccer League. And in 2017, he joined the Tampa Bay Rowdies, as well as spending time on loan with Reno 1868. Cosmos head coach Carlos Mendez had this to say on the signing We really like Joachim. We love his mentality. He's a forward who will work all day offensively and defensively. He gets in behind defenders. He's difficult to play against. And he'll bring a lot to us. He's a proven goal scorer. And he'll help us tremendously. And I like that quote from Jokin. He says that the Cosmos are a first-class organization and has a name that is recognized all over the world. I've spoken to players throughout lower division soccer over the past couple of months on the Cosmos, on the NASL, and on this new professional league that will be launched in 2020 and the Founders' Cup in 2019. And I found out that most players want to play for the Cosmos. And I know people might be thinking, of course they want to. It's a big club. It has a lot of history, of course. But as fans, we could talk about that all day long. We have history. We could watch old matches. We could talk about how many championships we won and so on. But we never get the the mindset of the player. Right? We don't know how the Rowdies treat players. We don't know how uh, Penn FC treats their players. Every club treats their players differently. But the Cosmos, and every time I talk to players about the Cosmos, it always comes back that I would love to play for them. They treat their players well. They're a, a world-class club on and off the field. I wish Yokim and uh, Pedro the best of luck in 2019 with the Cosmos in the MPSL Classic season And in the uh, Founders Cup. And hopefully, if they have a good season, we might see them return in 2020 for the full professional season. I'm looking forward to that. But before that, we have to um, support the Cosmos in 2019. Coming up real soon, preseason starts in March. Hopefully, we will have some preseason matches announced real soon. And uh, with that announcement, we will have to have the schedule and where the club will call home in 2019. So there's a lot of things to fall in place but an exciting announcement is that the New York Cosmos will participate in the 2019 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup along with 13 other MPSL clubs. MPSL Managing Director Sidney Sparrow had this to say on this announcement. The NPSL is proud to participate in such a historic tournament. It's a great competition that engages all levels of American soccer, bringing everyone together to enjoy the beautiful game. The anticipation Leading up to the bid awards and the team pairings is always an exciting time for our fans, teams, and supporters. Additionally, the opportunity to participate in the Open Cup gives our players yet another platform to showcase their talent and creates tremendous opportunity for all involved. A total of 32 Open Division squads, including the 14 MPSL teams, will enter the first round action in early May. They will be joined by the six eligible members of the USL League 1, 25 teams from the Division 2 USL Championship, that's their original USL League, will take the field starting in the second round on May 14th to May 15th. The third round takes place on May 29th and its winners will be joined by the 21 US-based Division 1 Major League Soccer Clubs in the fourth round on June 12th. The 2019 U.S. Open Cup winner will earn $300,000 in prize money, a berth in the 2020 CONCACAF Champions League, and have its name engraved on the trophy, one of the oldest nationally contested trophies in American team sports. The runner-up will earn $100,000, while the team that advances the furthest from each lower division will take home a $25,000 cash prize. The New York Cosmos are one of the 14 MPSL clubs that will participate in the 2019 U.S. Open Cup. I'm looking forward to the 2019 campaign in the Cup because last season we got knocked out by the MPSL's Brooklyn Italians. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. Now we will have a full professional team. I believe before um, that the whole team wasn't really professional. Some were youngsters, some were uh, maybe college players, things like that. Uh, But this time, they will have a full professional team. I'm looking forward to going far in the Cup. That's what Cosmos fans want. We want a successful regular season, and we want to go as far as possible in the U.S. Open Cup. A lot of fans have been saying that they want Major League Soccer teams to participate in the first round. They currently will participate in the third round. Um, But I think, to a certain point, they won't come in in the first round ever. Because they feel like they're better. Major League Soccer clubs probably feel like they're better clubs. They're better players. Um, And then two, on the other hand, the competition is not taken seriously. So even if they were to come in in the first round, they won't open their stadiums. They will play in a smaller stadium, maybe at the training field. We've seen DC United do the same thing. They didn't open their stadium. They closed it, and they played in Maryland against the amateur side. But in England, that match is exciting. It's shown across the world. It's probably shown on national TV in England. It's so much hype around that game. And that club, they're probably going to lose, but they get money from playing that big team. At the very least, I think smaller clubs should host Major League Soccer clubs because they will take it seriously. And I think it would really propel those clubs to the next level in their local market. The last topic on this week's episode is on Major League Soccer. And I'm not a big fan of Major League Soccer. But I think this is the main example of how Major League Soccer is probably the worst league throughout the world. And I know a lot of people might argue and say Major League Soccer is great. Uh, they have a salary cap. There is a equal playing field. But you have Nashville Football Club that currently participate in the United Soccer League. And I think they will play in Major League Soccer eventually. They agreed to take American defender Andrew Gutman on a season-long loan from Scotland's Celtic. Andrew Gutman is a young uh, left back at 22 years old. He was a senior at Indiana and won the Herman Trophy as the top men's college player last year. So he signed, I think it was a three-and-a-half-year deal, and he was supposed to go out on loan to Nashville in the USL. However, Nashville said in a statement on Saturday that as an expansion member of Major League Soccer, And in light of the fact that Major League Soccer does not support the transaction, Nashville would not be proceeding with the loan. I don't understand how you could participate in the USL and Nashville will be in Major League Soccer as soon as possible. They are an expansion member of Major League Soccer. How can Major League Soccer block a loan deal? Right, And then you have Celtic, on the other hand, in Scotland, probably thinking, what the hell is going on? Why would another league block another club playing in a different league? Why would they block a loan deal? What's the difference if they take this guy out on loan or not? And that's the craziness that is Major League Soccer, is that they create their own rules. It's like, oh, Jermaine Jones, who wants him? Okay, let's pick a name out of a hat. It should be a bidding war. It should be who's going to pay Jermaine Jones... The most money. That's how it happens across the world. Okay, Manchester United offers this player more money, offers him maybe uh, a first team role, but then uh, Wolves, for example, they're offering the same player um, a rotation role. So he's going to go to a team where he can play the most games. On the other hand, you have Nashville FC trying to get a American defender on a season long loan from Celtic, and you have Major League Soccer blocking that deal just because they don't agree with it. I believe I've been told that it's because he's been a member of the Chicago Fire Academy, and I think it's like a first refusal, so they have the first chance to say if they want him or not. It shouldn't matter. He's joining a different league. For example, say say a Major League Soccer player went abroad and came back and the Cosmos signed him. Major League Soccer can't block that because we play in a different league. We're a different club. We're not associated with Major League Soccer. So what's the difference? But then in this case... They're joining Major League Soccer. So why should a league that you're joining, why should they reject that? Why should they block that? And it says here in this article on ESPN FC that Nelson Rodriguez, which is the Chicago Fire General Manager, he rejected an offer to sign Gutman to the fire. So if he rejected it, why can't a expansion side sign a young player, a young prospect, a young American defender that has moved abroad, why can't he play with Nashville FC and join Major League Soccer over time? I think it's crazy. The sad part is that Major League Soccer, they create their own rules and you need to follow them because these investors, they pay the expansion fee to join the league. So Nashville, they can't complain because they want to join the league. So if you want to join it, you have to play nice because you're joining their league. Other owners probably won't play nice because they want a certain player. They want to do their own thing. And I think that's the one thing that I really, really don't like about Major League Soccer is that clubs can't be different. They can't be unique. They all have to be the same. They have to follow every single rule in Major League Soccer. I believe... They have a social media timeline or something like that where every single club has to promote league matches. So Columbus Crew, they're tweeting about a Chicago Fire match. But the followers don't care about that match because they like your team That's why they're following you. I think it's insane where they need to promote other teams because they're all together in the same league. Some people like that the clubs are the same. They like that because they think that each club has a chance to win the championship. But don't you want your club to be different? Don't you want your club to maybe buy big-name players if they have the money to do it? Or develop young players through their youth academy? In England, you have 92 clubs in the football league. That's their professional pyramid. And each club is different. They have a stadium that has a different size than the next club. Some clubs have a big budget than the next club. They could sign whatever coach they want to sign. And they can do whatever they want on and off the field. They don't have to um, follow some crazy rules by their league. But there are some rules in every league throughout the world. About maybe how many players you can have. I think in the Premier League they have a rule about how many players you can loan from one club. right? So there are some rules that you have to follow. They're like guidelines. They're not rules. They're guidelines. Things that you have to follow if you own a soccer team. If you run a soccer team in a certain league. But there shouldn't be rules of what player you can sign, what player you can't sign. A league shouldn't block a player being signed by a club from a different league. So I'll just leave you with that. I would love to get your thoughts on the crazy nature of Major League Soccer. Uh, you can email the show at firstteampod at gmail.com. I'm excited for preseason to kick off for the New York Cosmos. And once preseason kicks off, we will have a lot more to talk about on the New York Cosmos. Hopefully more player signings, more interviews with players on the podcast. We will have some interviews on our website from uh, the new player signings um, real soon. So check out our website, firstteampod.com. We have two listener questions. One comes from Nicholas. He said, At First Team Pod, I'm anxious to know where the Cosmos will play in 2019. But what I really want to know is when they will have their own ground. They can play in Hofstra, MCU Park, and any other facilities in the metro area, but won't mean anything till they can control their own income. Yeah. Nicholas, I think you're spot on on that one because a lot of clubs in U.S. soccer, they don't own their own stadium. And when you own your own stadium, you can control your own revenue streams. The Cosmos, I think they're a long way off of owning their own facility or building their own ground. I think in short, Nicholas, they need to pick their side of New York City and stay there. Right, Build their home there. Like the Mets at Citi Field in Flushing, Queens. They've been there for a very long time. Everyone knows that's where the Mets play right? The Yankees in the Bronx. That's Yankees territory. No one's going there to build a baseball stadium. The Yankees are there. So the Cosmos need to do the same thing. They need to square off their side of New York City and say, this is Cosmos country. Let's reach out to the local businesses. Let's grow our fan base there. And let's tell the whole city, that's us the whole world that this part of New York City is Cosmos country. And then over time, Once you play there over the next couple of seasons, you grow a great following. And there will be a point where they have to build their own stadium to control their own revenue streams, to maybe have more fans in the stadium, a more professional environment. But I think that will come over time. The Cosmos need to grow their fan base. And I think that will come over time. The Cosmos need to grow their brand locally in the New York market. And I think they need the league to grow as well. And that will take time. So I think it's more of a work in progress. But like I said, we need to find a local home in 2019, map out our place in New York City, and tell the world that this is Cosmos country. And then eventually over time, hopefully we will have our own stadium. Our last question on this week's episode is from James, who is a contributor to our website, firstteampod.com, at dream underscore king. He says that the recent news of Chattanooga FC issuing out fan ownership share scheme makes me wonder what would a version of fan ownership look like for a 2020 or 21 New York Cosmos. I'm not sure on that one because I don't know if Rocco or the Cosmos management would be interested in fan ownership. But I think what we need to have, and I saw this on social media, we need to have some sort of open forum where... Fans can express their concerns and ask questions to Cosmo's management. You can call that a town hall. I know the Red Bulls have had that over the past couple of years when they sacked their manager and things like that. They had town hall meetings. It's great because that's an open forum where fans talk to management. They get to know what direction the club is going in. They get to know things maybe on players, on maybe salaries, things like that. That's very important for the fans because we could talk about this on social media every single day that the Cosmos need to do this. The Cosmos need to do this. But when you're in front of Rocco or you're in front of Joe Barone talking to him at a local pub, for example, because the Cosmos did have this once before a watch party, I think it was against FC Edmonton at Jack Dempsey's in Midtown Manhattan. And it was a great process. Fans got to go there. You sat down. And you talked to Eric Stover. You could ask him, I think, as many questions as you wanted, really. It wasn't one question per person. But in short, I don't think uh, the Cosmos will introduce a supporter ownership scheme. But maybe a open forum will be a better solution. Another question that just came in from Jabuka. He says, New York Cosmos supporters trust Rocco has the opportunity to do something really huge with his team and allow the community to invest i just spoken about that, but I think the whole reason why supporter ownership is cool is because in New York City, right, we have a crowded sports market. We have a crowded market for everything. It's a very, very busy market. But a supporters trust allows fans to not just be invested in your club by watching it or buying merchandise or, or talking about them on social media. They're putting their money where their mouth is. And they're saying that, I love the New York Cosmos. I'm going to pay X amount of money a year. Because I want to see the Cosmos be successful. I want to see them uh, be around for 100 years. That's what a supportive trust does for any club. But I don't know if Rocco and Cosmos management would be interested in that. Like I said earlier, I think an open forum, at the very least, where fans can talk to management, where they can express their concerns, where will they play in the future, will they ever have their own stadium, Um, what's the future plans for Rocco with the club, things like that where you can talk to the club besides owning a part of it. We just have to wait and see how things unfold over the next couple of weeks and months. I want to thank you for tuning into this week's episode. I really appreciate it. You can follow First Team Podcast on Twitter and on Facebook at First Team Pod. Check out our website, firstteampod.com. You can email the show at at firstteampod.gmail.com. And I will be back next week with another edition of First Team Podcast. And as always, let's go New York Cosmos. Yeah, just wanna give a shout out to the Five Points, the Borough Boys, of Vanderbilt Cosmos, and the Cross Island Crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York Street and White. What we believe you see in five. It seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Country love and we above them. I'm just saying, all those lovely somethings come and see it and I'm playing. The fact of it is, rap platforms get attacked, and bliss reacts to we win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's attacking the wing, holding back to paint, through the mid, cutting the seams, it seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream, got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. The fancy crew down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you with bad views, like shouting cues aloud to you without them dudes. Roundway i track the no excuse. Each session a lesson, it's not about profession. The work's the test, and everything's connected like a method. Not breathless out the training, something's got to be correct. rushing and acceleration at the start is most suggested infected with greatness potential is spacious out the world just face it the work becomes contagious some may say we made it but now we've just begun I'm sorry if you hate it because i can tell you that i'm far from done